So welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. This is where we explore the new game-changing understanding that can unlock new levels of performance, resourcefulness, and well-being in the workplace. Join us if you want to be part of the new breed of leaders in business. Join us if you're fed up with the conventional echo chamber. And join us if you want to be part of the new revolution in understanding how the mind works and recognize that we are more than just our psychology and that that can lead to better results. Hello and welcome to the Quality of Mind Transforming Business podcast. Now, today we're back in our really special series of um, looking at a coaching program with a client of mine. And this is part three. So Helen, who has been a client of mine since um, September last year, has really kindly offered to share some of her experiences, observations, uh, and insights about what it's like to um, have an exploration of this understanding of the principles uh, of Behind Quality of Mind and share that in three parts of a podcast. So today we're recording part three. Uh, now, if you haven't listened to parts one and two, um, we'd strongly recommend that you do that because it will give you the context uh, for a lot of what we're going to talk about today. So you can easily find those uh, on the podcast. Um, the first one um, was done uh, in uh, August time, and then we did one um, around October, uh, and then here we are now uh, on part three. So Helen, welcome back, and thank you for your time. Hello. Thank you for having me. Um, and it really is, I'm, you know, I have to say, I'm so grateful that you've done this because it's been a, a really useful resource. I mean, it's been fascinating for me to do it. And I've had some good comments from other people that they've enjoyed kind of getting under the skin of this a little bit more um, to hear what it's like. And you've been super honest and candid um, uh, in it as well. So I guess here we are. Um, we, we, we've sort of known each other now for uh, quite a few months and, and our coaching actually sort of formally finished uh, a sort of couple of months ago, but we, we, we've kept in contact. Um, so I suppose the sort of the nutshell question is, how are you? What's going on? <laughs> uh, in a nutshell, I'm good. Thank you. Um, so yeah, so we've officially finished our coaching, as you say, keeping in touch on things. Um, I have uh, increasingly started working with clients in this world and um, I remember last time we spoke, I talked about life feeling easier. And I would say that that's just gone further now. Just it's even easier from where I sit now. Yeah. That's great. And, and for, for context of people, you know, um, Helen's been a coach for uh, five years. You just had your five-year birthday for your business. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, an executive coach uh, working one-to-one with people uh, and, and do some team and group work as well. Yeah. Um, and you, you've started, I think, um, well, it was the end of last year, really, wasn't it? Starting to talk to clients about this, which we'll get into in a mo. Um, so, but tell me, to start with, when you say life's easier, just say a little bit more about that for people. What does easier yeah. mean? Um, so on episode two, I talked about, um, or part two, I talked about buoyancy and how I'd noticed being more buoyant, coming back to that zero more easily. And the thing I've noticed now is that I don't even do the dip to need to come back up. Um, so again, last time I was saying, you know, uh, it's not that everything's perfect. It's not that, or what the world would say is perfect. It's not. Um, it's not that things aren't 
supposedly a challenge. Like some people might look at what I'm experiencing and go, gosh, that must be hard. I'm just not experiencing it as hard. Um, things that the normal world might say that's difficult or that's upsetting or they're just not that. So therefore there's not the dip. So there's nothing to come back up from. Um, yeah, a couple of things, yeah, but nothing. Um, the vast, vast majority of my experience of life is just easier. Mm. And it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because even the concept or, or the word buoyant implies um, it's better to be up sort of thing. You know, like there's a preference mm. not to be downed. And and, and, mm. uh, and and you said this before we press record that actually when we were you know, back, back a few months ago, you were kind of relieved to have come across this understanding because it meant you could be more buoyant. Mm, and that mm, was a good thing. Mm. But you're even saying that a little differently now, aren't you? Yeah, it's just, um, I guess I feel I've got full acceptance of whatever it is, is what it is. Including, uh, actually there was a moment um, a month or so ago when something did really upset me and I cried, proper like sobbing, crying. Um, but it was okay. Like it's okay to have been crying in that situation. That's a normal, a normal response and not then layering on a bunch of stuff about why am I crying? I shouldn't be crying. Should this be different from what it is? And just going with that's what it was at that time. And it's the layering of stuff in the past that would have been the, yeah, there's something about the situation which is wrong and shouldn't be like this. Yeah. And, and so it's almost like you're more, more okay with, um, more, more embracing of the full sentient nature of the human condition, you know, like, mm-hmm. like that, that, that's what happens, but, but not in a kind of, well, I'm just tolerating it way. It's not like yeah, you're, yeah. you're just putting up with it. it it's that you actually yeah. genuinely embrace it and, and are okay with whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that, what's that thing they put on the mugs, the British steak? keep calm and carry on yeah which to me I always hear is that kind of yeah stiff upper lip ignore it squash it deny it um yeah not that yeah but equally not um like I'm equally not and I remember a fear I had with this or what if I become really erratic in my emotions and I'm all over the place and then what will people think of me um and that's that's not a true thing that's happened either. So I might experience emotions more naturally and easily, but because most of the time I don't see the world doing anything to me that requires that response, it comes out less. And I spend more time, yeah, being okay with whatever it is. Um, mm. And and have other people noticed anything like about how you're, you're sort of the space you're in, you know, whether it's... Clients, work colleagues, family, kids, you know, husband. Are they yeah. noticing remarks on anything? Um, so, so I did actually ask my son the other day because I had, first of all, asked them before we started our work together and I'd got them all to write down. Um, I should have looked back on that, actually, what the words they actually wrote. Um, but I remember my kids were very much, their, their general thing was, you're lovely, but sometimes you're really angry <laughs> and, we don't, and we don't like that. That was the sort of gist of it. Um, and I did say to my son the other day, um, what do you think? Is, is things different? Do you think mummy's happier now? And he's like, yeah, definitely. So that was nice. Yeah. Um, again, not that the goal is to be permanently happy, but it was nice that he's experiencing that. And for sure, I find family life easier. Um, there was somebody recently was saying, God, but how, how does this work in the context of getting kids out the door in the morning and the stress of 
getting shoes and bags and things. And that used to be a real pinch point for us. And now I really, really see how I was getting myself really worked up about leaving the house. So guess what? They got really worked up and did the exact opposite of what I needed. Um, Now I know that my life doesn't depend on us being out the house in the next 30 seconds. And that actually the more chilled I stay, the more chilled they stay and the more amenable they are to just put their shoes on and we leave the house and we don't leave upset with each other. Um, but yes, also a client the other day, I really um, appreciated this. A, a client commented, because I've worked with them for a long time, so they've seen me, not knowing I was doing this work in the background with you, but they've seen me for a number of years. And I did some work with, a, with their, um, their management team. And he said, because so, I started talking about this understanding, he was like, so, you know, when we did that team day, had you already started doing this learning? Um, and sort of making these changes, I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, so um, that would really make sense because on that second team day, you just seemed so calm and present and um, and just so much more fun. He's like, well, not that you weren't fun before, <laughs> but he was like, you just seemed really lighthearted and you made a couple of quips that I don't think you would have made before, um, but which landed really well, like didn't land because uh, one of them was by oh gosh yeah it's only taken us this long to see whatever it was that the team was seeing in that moment um, and he said so it didn't but it didn't come across like a god you're all rubbish how's it taking you this long he said it was just genuinely a really fun exchange and yeah he just yeah it was nice to hear that he'd he'd felt that because I certainly felt that in that session mm. much more present and just able to be with where the team were and ask questions and make observations in the moment rather than thinking what I should be saying or doing or what they should be thinking or saying or doing. And it just sounds like there's a lightness and a flow, you know, uh, and it's not like, oh, I, I must make a couple of jokes because that's what good people <laughs> do. You know, it just came out of your mouth to make a little lighthearted yeah. comment which really resonated with them. Obviously, they remembered it and it's just nice. So, you, mm. so you've got, you've got the, the kids and, and mm. clients saying that they've spotted it. And, 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 you know, it sounds like you felt lighter. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, about things and yeah, and because I've been been fascinating, kind of watching uh, you evolve into this and seeing some of the things that you write on LinkedIn and and your social media and and just how this seems quite it, it's 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 the wrong language, but in your DNA now, it just feels like you you um, you see it and there's a obviousness to it and. And I'm interested to share with people how that might have turned up in your coaching work with, with, with your clients, um, because obviously you've been trained in a particular way for quite a mm. few years and getting good results with that. And so, so how has that changed for you? Mm. Yeah, it's been a really nice transition, actually, because um, so when we'd first finished working like on me, as it were, and I started thinking about how do I do this work with clients? I had my quite traditional thinking from olden days of, well, surely there's a certain amount of time that's needed to get to good enough to work with clients. Surely there's some kind of tick box somewhere that signs me off and says, yes, you've reached the golden level or something ridiculous like that. Um, and so in those early days, I did start working with a volunteer client um, thinking, you know, just, and, and to be fair, I don't, I, I still think that was the right thing to do and it was somebody I know well, so it was a safe practice ground. Um, learned, and I've yeah, learned lots through doing that. But what I found was that quite quickly, 
um, in my with my one-to-one work, some existing clients and some new clients. It just made sense to talk about this stuff. Um, and I found increasingly, I guess, like that team day where things just came out of my mouth that seemed useful and relevant. Um, that's really what my coaching is now. I don't, I don't need to think about what am I going to say, what might come up, what tools or approaches might I use, because none of that's what makes the difference. Um, and so gradually, gradually, my work's transitioned so that almost all my one-to-one clients now are, I'm talking to about this stuff. And vast majority are having to greater or lesser extents that sense of, well, you mentioned the word before, relief, that there's, mm. there's something else that's been going on all the time that we just hadn't seen. And that I, and I keep saying, especially those who longer, yep, I know this is different from everything we've talked about before. I know that in lots of ways, we're essentially doing a 180 to everything I've told you. And I did go through that stage myself of beating myself up going, oh my God, I've been doing my work wrong all these years. And how could I do that? I've led people astray. And um, I'm over that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I recognize it's been part of the journey. And I now see, um, I, I, I think now that um, all that that brought me to working with you now means I see even more clearly the distinction between normal and natural and see the normal psychological stuff that we get can get caught in and see the opportunity that's there behind everybody. Um, so yeah, it's just that. It's just that obviousness. It's just coming out of my mouth, mm. and it yeah, it's resonating. And and, it, and it's great, isn't it? Because it doesn't sound like that's hard work for you. You just you just talk. You just there's a human being in front of you. There's a, there's a, there's a client, and you're just talking to what makes sense to you, and mm. and, and going with your 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 wisdom on that. And mm. and and how is the effect of that? How are your clients responding to this? Yeah, so varied. And I guess you'd probably say this that you've seen in your clients too, that um, no two conversations are identical. Yeah. So there might be some things that come out, some metaphors or stories or descriptions that might be kind of similar, but it's very much dependent on the individual. And just, again, it's that, it's just that context relevant intelligence that if you tap into it, it's there and available for you. So I had a day when I had two clients. Um, One of them has just recently had a new baby. So funnily enough, the stuff that was coming out of my mouth was really connecting back to Mm. that essence of who we are, which we're most closely can see in babies and dogs. And so that was, yeah, it seemed to really resonate with him where he could see the love that he has for his baby is, is where we've all come from. Um, and then the other, the second one, he's quite an analytical scientific person. So our conversation got into the realms of quantum physics and it's, um, it's just, yeah, it's that brilliance that we don't need to plan this stuff because the, the, yeah, that, the information is there available for us if we stop overthinking and over planning. And it comes out in the right relevant form for the, yeah, the person, for that person in front of you. And yeah. that can sound very different, but it's always pointing back to the same thing. Is, is yeah. That, yeah. And, and are yeah. they finding benefit? I mean, you know, what, what's mm. a slightly different conversation to you were having the months before, but what, what's the benefit they're finding? Yeah. So just that, um, 
so different degrees of, but that relief. Yeah. So um, seeing that they don't have to take their thinking so seriously as they have done in the past. Mm. Um, for one, well, a couple of clients actually in particular, um, one had a, had a very deep experience of, of seeing that she's okay and that yeah. she always has been. Um, another one saw a very uh, a deep seeing of, of that she'd been searching outside for something that was always available to her already. Um, yeah, and with with that one in particular, it was it was just a miraculous shift in like a second. It was unbelievable when she was caught caught in her thinking so much and and crying, and really the weight of the world was on her. Loads of meaning attached to her good enoughness with the situation she was finding herself in, and I knew there was something I had to say that would take her to the upstream place to see the the truth of what's really going on and I had and I kind of acknowledged it and went yeah I know there's something to say don't know what that is going to be but yes I, I I hear you intuition I hear that there's something for me to say here um and then yeah I, without any thinking around it a moment came something came out of my mouth and it landed with her and she saw it and literally in that second she went from this person who seemed so yeah, desperate. She was literally desperate. And she lifted her, the weight went, the tears stopped immediately. And she was just like, I knew this. I knew this. Why haven't you told me this before? (laughs) (laughs) I've always known this. Um, Yeah. And it was, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It's it's lovely, isn't it? When, because at one level there's, you know, like we've talked about this, there's a little bit of this in the moment in the, you know, can go so far for someone that there's also an infinite amount to see, you know, in, in our grounding. But, but once you allow that to come through, you, you can have those huge impacts. So mm-hmm. n- not that we can predict the future, but, you know, if you look at the future of your coaching business now, do, is it, do you feel that this is the way forward and this is something you just know is valuable for mm-hmm. your clients? Mm-hmm. Yeah, funnily enough, I was listening to some of Sid Banks this morning and he said something about how once you've seen it, you can't go back. Mm. Um, uh, And why would you want to? Like there's that, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, unless, so, so, uh, and we've had this conversation, so I I was with a client recently who did need to do some work on, or they felt they needed to do some work on something downstream, um, something a bit more practical, tangible, normal coaching, if you like and went with that because that seemed to be what was going to most help them settle their thinking in that moment. Um, but knowing that next time we meet, there'll be, there'll be an opportunity to, or certainly I'll be, my intention is to help see the upstream opportunity and see what's really going on. Um, so, so I'm not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, right, this is me fixed and I'll never do that stuff because that's not real. Um, but definitely this is the way I'll, I'll be, pointing people and people will either engage with that or they won't and that's there's nothing else that we can do and, and I think that's lovely because what I'm hearing in you there is that, that whereas this is where you're orientated there's no prescription in I have to do this now um, mm. or you know I think you said before that you really wanted everyone to know about it mm. and, and, and now it's like well it, when it occurs to me to share with someone in the right way I will so it's, mm. it's very freeing in that respect um, mm. The irony I find is you tend to do that even more once you free yourself up to do it. <laughs> but you're not doing it from a sort of, I need to tell people this. Um, mm, and, you know, sometimes yeah. 
feel that, you know. So, and, and actually also, something else you mentioned was, you know, about freeing yourself was, was around that you used to kind of meditate, didn't you? And you used to use meditation as a kind of thing to help you get through the day. You had two sessions, one in the morning, one in the afternoon mm-hmm. um, to help your well-being. Well, what, what's, your, what's your view on that? Um, so I've stopped meditating. Um, when, not long after we started working together, uh, so I used to meditate, um, first thing in the morning, um, before everyone is up. And then I would have a second one, usually around sort of two, three in the afternoon. And, um, they always said like the, the, both were important, but they always said like, if you just do the morning one, that's going to keep you maintained. If you do the afternoon one, that's going to take you like exponential. Um, so I thought, okay, I'm going to try dropping the afternoon one and just see what that's like. In fact, kind of with a very much obvious, I don't really feel I need it. So before uh, my insights with you, I kind of, I would get to that point in the afternoon and think, oh gosh, yes, I really need to reset and to have a strong afternoon evening. I'm, I'll, I'll do that and yeah, reset my system. And quite quickly, I just was like, yeah, I just don't really feel I need that. So I'm, I'm just going to stop doing it and I think it'll be okay. And it was. And then around, um, I can't remember, October, November time, um, I just, I started to think about stopping the morning one with a little bit of trepidation. So the meditation I'd done was transcendental meditation. And in the early stages, you go through an, uh, what's called an unstressing phase where uh, the, some of the stuff you've been holding in your physical system is coming back out into the world. And for me, it meant a couple of weeks of feeling oh, exhausted, like so, so tired and drained. And so I was nervous about stopping my morning one because I thought if it doesn't work and I have to go back to meditating, I might have to go through that whole experience again. Um, But I was like, no, I'm going to go for it. I've got to test this theory that I don't need to meditate anymore. Um, And it's true, I don't. So I've, I've stopped. I've not meditated again. I've not noticed any negative adverse impact of stopping. Um, and that's me. So like what I'm not saying with this is never meditate, never know. There might be an experience in my life where I think actually meditation might just give me a boost where it's kind of helping me stay even. Um, and everyone's different. So everyone will have a different experience of that. But for me, I feel like I'm getting the benefits of meditating without needing to meditate. Mm. And I guess it's because, you know, in case people haven't been sort of on, on the context of this is, is that, when you got into meditation, it was as a, a sort of a, an antidote to yeah. world can do, or, the, or not even the world, your own experience can do to you. Mm. And what this understanding gives is a, is a different appreciation of what our well-being is and, and the mm. causal power of the, the, mm. the outside world. And, and and once you see that, you don't really need anything to to help you cope with that because it's mm. not something that can cause you to have the disrupt that you thought yeah. it could in the first place so yeah. It, yeah. It, you know the, the the need for it disappears because you're changing how you see the world mm. as you say it, it, sometimes it might still like a nice thing to do so why, why not go for it mm. but yeah that, make, that makes yeah sense. yeah i guess that connects back to what i said at the start doesn't it about i'm not having the dips to need to be buoyant from yeah and that yeah the meditation was to to solve the dips to yeah. make, make better from, but when the world's not doing anything to you, you don't need to make yourself better. Yes. So the other thing is, again, just, just, just to keep it in and uh, consistently, you know, on, on 
episode one and episode two, we, we looked at some different kind of, I suppose, areas or topics. Um, and we were going to say, well, how have they changed over the kind of the, the, the few months that we've been together? Uh, and they were things like, you know, Things like goal setting, um, relationships, uh, well-being, um, dealing with limiting beliefs, um, calming what we call the, the, the chimp brain, which is kind of things that can trigger you, um, and, and those kind of things. And, and, and on part two, we did, you did go into how those things yeah. are different. Is there anything you want to add about those from, from now? No, I, I remember last time I kept saying, oh, I feel like I'm repeating myself. It's all, <laughs> it's just our thinking that gets in our way. Um, and yeah, it's it's definitely still that. I probably um, I probably see it more and deeper than I did on, on part two. Uh, so yeah, the, the words might sound the same in that it's all coming from our thinking, but um, yeah, you use the language of DNA. It just, it feels more... Um, more true, more all-pervasive, all more um, more definite. That yeah, that's all coming from the same place, and we just get in our own way. Mm. And and it's interesting, isn't it? Because those areas that you know look like they would need separate attention or approaches or dealing with actually because we're talking about principles of how the mind works as you say you know to deal with them separately now is just like i'm just going to repeat myself you know so Mm. so you just see them as different elements of how we've segmented the human condition but they don't really need different attention because they're all based on the same principles Mm. see those you see uh you you, you see the way forward through an obviousness so um so we don't really need to go back and address those Mm. Uh, so that, that's, that's, that's great. Um, so is there anything else that you, you'd, you'd want to share with people who, you know, now you're, where are we, September? So you're kind of, you know, eight, eight months from having seen, you know, th- these principles and, 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 and them being embodied in life and work. I mean, how, how, what, what would you say to someone who was still curious about it? You know, how would you say having between middle of last year and now, mm-hmm. how would you describe it? Um, I definitely describe it as worth it. Um, I think the biggest thing I'd say to somebody is to um, to have the courage. So I think there's a lot of. So I had my own fears about: is this the thing to go for? Is it worth my time and money? Um, is it some weird cult? Um, yeah. yeah. Am I going to be a robot on the other side of it? There was all sorts of fears around it. and I guess there's, yeah is it credible will people laugh at me oh just there's so many potential things that we can put in our way and and so I think the main thing for me is people to have the courage to sort of jump over take that step have a conversation there's even if after a conversation you're going no I'm not seeing it I'm not feeling it then that's fine there's Again, we can't make people engage with this. We can't make people see anything. We're so not in control of that. Um, but yeah, if anybody's got an inkling of curiosity or an inkling of, hmm, I wonder wonder if, then it's worth just stepping into and just seeing what's there. Because fundamentally, what's the worst that can happen? You go back and live your life the way you've always lived it. Um, in my experience, most people aren't having an easeful peaceful experience of life and most people are looking for that but in the wrong places so 
yeah, if you'd like to get that experience without relationship challenges, without relying on alcohol, without um, working yourself into the ground for what benefit. Um, yeah, there's definitely something to be seen here to gain all those things and mm. peace of mind at the same time. Yeah, I like the way you describe that, you know, because I think to start with, there is, and, and you shared this very openly on, on part one of our thing, that we have a lot of thinking about doing something like this. A, is the time and the money, you know, and it's, you know, an investment of both. And B, well, what, what will I become? What it's like, you know, is it worth it? And if it is, am I going to be, be is it going to be better? Is it snake oil? What mm. is it? Or will I become a kind of person I don't want to be? Or all that stuff. Mm. And 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 also the direction we point with these principles is is not conventional in that we don't normally have conversations this upstream about consciousness and thought. You know? mm. So it, it's you think well I'm looking somewhere not many people look. So why mm. isn't everyone doing it? So you, you're going to mm. be a little bit different. Um, am I an idiot for doing that? Am I as a, you know? what's going on and I think courage is a, is, a, is a good word it's just like well have a curiosity have a look because the worst that can happen is you're back to your old life right mm, mm. Um, and the best that can happen is whoa you know life change mm. so and I, I think it, it's lovely now and we were talking about this before we press record that you know here we are in 2019 and when I first got into this sort of oh, 2010 2009 that there weren't many resources out there, partly because the digital world wasn't as developed, but partly because mm. there weren't so many people talking about it. There was a few books, the old YouTube, whatever. But now that now there is, so you, you can explore this more uh, at your own leisure. Mm. Uh, I would also, you know, biasly say it's good to have a coach. Um, but, uh, but, you, but you can just see it, see, see it more for yourself. Um, mm. And test it out. There's some great resources out there, which we'll share in the show notes. Um, and I know that you've got super curious about lots of stuff. And often we're having little WhatsApps. We say, Oh, have you seen? Mm. <laughs> and you kind of reverse joining the dots, um, to see it. Um, mm. and it looks obvious to you, but you did need that initial kind of, okay, there's something behind the curtain I want to have a look at. Yeah. Um, and, that's, yeah. and you went for it. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Definitely. And I think that was, that was one of the key things I learned with my volunteer client because it was kind of like, oh, could you help me with this? Yeah, I'll help you with that. Great. Let's do this work together. When actually she was a bit like, so this is really interesting, but you know, she was, she wasn't actually ready for it. She wasn't, yeah, she wasn't curious about it enough. She wasn't supposedly needing it enough. Um, so it's been an interesting conversation for her and it's opened some curiosity and, and um, yeah, given her awareness of an, another place to look. She's not, she's had some insights, she's had some shifts, but there's also a little bit of, she was doing it as a favour, mm. um, which is a very different place to, yes, I am choosing to come and engage in this conversation with you. Um question mark over the word choosing there but yeah. yeah this you know this is the right time for this to happen um i think there's a yeah as an individual yeah li- so li- listen to that gut feeling that says this is the right thing to do and go for it rather than listening to the intellectual mind that might go oh this is all a bit weird let's run away from it yeah and i think i think we, we would say that generally anything in life always go go you know spot where the 
the thinking is coming from about your clarity. Um, because w- w- when there is a curiosity to it, I mean, I know we talked about this in part one, is, is that part of you had a deep curiosity for this, then lots of your thinking coming in, but it's expensive, what happens, it doesn't work. Mm. And you were able to spot, actually, I'm not going to listen to that because my aperture from that, you know, my barometer is telling me my aperture for that is a little bit off. I'm going to mm. go with my, my, my feeling that this resonates. Now, mm. w- what I find with clients is that often when you talk about this, it does resonate quite a lot because they are human beings and fundamentally <laughs> pointing to something they already know. And mm. then we put loads of thinking on that, that talks us out of it. Mm. And, mm. And, and that rules the show. Now that's mm. okay. That's part of the human condition. Not a problem with that, you know. Um, but I think what, what I'm encouraging people and only ever encouraging rather than saying this is what you should do because uh, you don't want to come to the conversation unless you want to come to the conversation mm. is just spot that that resonance is kind of helping you out. It is pointing to something that mm. if you go with it, mm. you're, you, it's very unlikely you regret it. So mm. just turn down the brass band of thinking in your head with all the world reasons not to do it. And, and if there's a yeah. resonance, go with the resonance. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's, you know, it might sound yeah. super simple that, but... No, you're making me think about how I've, and I've worked with people in old world coaching and now where we are so attached to who we are or the identity that we think we are. And we think we can't lose that because we don't know what we'll be if we don't have that thinking. And there's a, that fear of, yeah, who will I be on the other side of this? Who will be left if you take away my stories about my past and my experiences? what will be left? I like myself, even if I find myself in difficulty and stress and at least I know where I am. Um, And yeah, for my experience, and you'll obviously, you've seen this with more people than me, but I feel like I'm a better version of me on this other side than I was before. So I've lost a whole bunch of identity that I used to carry, which was untrue. And in losing that, where you could think, well, then I fall into nothing and, and there'll be nothing left of me. It's the, the, literally the opposite. And you become more of yourself. You become a better version of yourself. You become more authentic. All the stuff that, you know, the language that is being used more and more around leadership of be the authentic leader. Oh my God, this is that stuff. Because you step into, into the truth of who you are, not disguised by the, excuse my language, but crap you've been carrying. Mm all the years. I, I think that's a super excellent point. I think there's, there's two bits to it. Well, one is how going to something we don't know, there's, there's a familiarity to ourselves, even if we don't really like what's going on. At least it's familiar. At least mm. we know it. Right? Mm. And what would happen when we go for the other side? Will, will, will mm. that not be the same me again, even though we're not massively happy with what me is? Mm. Right? So yep. we would yeah. hold on to familiar rather than unknown um, in, our, in our egoic thinking, that is. Yeah. Um, but then what happens, as you say, you become, and I describe it as you become kind of more you and less you at the same time. I know that sounds totally paradoxical, but you become more self-expressed and more authentic as to what you are, but you're less attached to that. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. So it's it's, it's yeah. kind of weird. It's not like I become a stronger version of me and no. I'm righteous in who I am. Yeah. You just, with ease and neutrality, become more authentic which yeah, is beautiful yeah, yeah. because yeah. kind of more you and less you at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you're definitely more self-expressed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's what emerges. There is a little bit, often a little bit of, you know, there's this lovely phrase, limbofication on the way through where you're like, whoa, right. what, what am I, you know, but that, 
doesn't last particularly long no. um, and yeah. then you dwell on it. Um, and you, and you, you, you quit a lot, you come out the other side, you know, which is like, yeah, I can just be mm. me and get on with it. And, mm. and that's what I think everything you've been pointing to in, in this little chat is so you're just more okay with life, with yourself, mm. more accepting, more self-expressed, more, yeah. more measured actually. Um, yeah. Karma in flow. Um, freedom. Freedom. Yeah. yeah. So, so thank you so much for, we've come to the end of time probably, but thank you so much for taking the time out to, to, to share this uh, with us on this forum. And, you know, uh, we'll put some resources that we've talked about in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, and yeah. I, I would be always very open to talk to anyone that wants to talk more. And I'm sure you probably would be as well because mm. when I'm saying that on your behalf, but I know you're, you're generous like that. So um, this is an invitation to people to say, look, if this has been an interesting fly on the wall for you, um, reach out to us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and go from there. So yeah. uh, thank you. And is there anything else you want to say uh, just to wrap up, Helen? No, thank you too. Yeah. Thank you for the journey. Thank you for this opportunity to share it. And um, yeah, look forward to staying in touch and keeping yeah. sharing those insights and resources. Brilliant. So stay curious, everyone, and uh, look forward to joining me in the conversation at some point if it appeals. See you next time. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please reach out and leave us a review and a comment. If you want more info, check out makingchangework.co.uk or Piers Thurston on LinkedIn.